leading us in the medley. And as Pastor mentioned, I, when y'all began to sing that song, Glory, Hallelujah, we used to sing that coming out of Sunday school. <laughs> so we didn't need Independence Day for that. It is all the time. Those are those, are those hymns that carry so much weight. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. I've got a message for you this morning. So I want you to open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians 2. And we're going to look at verses 9 and 10. 1 Corinthians 2, verses 9 and 10. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Whatever you do, ladies and gentlemen, don't faint. I'm not talking about passing out. I'm talking about faint in the way, grow weary in the way. So many people are fainting in the way. They're fainting in the way. And children of Israel fainted in the way, and they didn't make it into the promised land. They fainted in the way. We got to stick with it. Stick with it. Don't draw back. Don't draw back. Now, I'm talking to y'all. Y'all are here, but, you know, somebody will peek in on the, on the message. You see somebody you hadn't seen them, tell them, hey, you don't faint. Don't faint. You're not going to reach your prize like that. I'm just telling you. Just telling you. This is not, this is not just talking about the seed of grace. We're talking about the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Everybody found 1 Corinthians 2? All right, let's get started here. So we're looking at this morning, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. So let's read those two together. Ready, read. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Yes, the deep things of God. Hallelujah. I want to talk from this subject this morning. Something big is coming. Something big is coming. Tell your neighbor, something big is coming. In other words, I don't know whether you feel it or not, whether you sense it or not, whether you have your ear to the ground or not, but... The message I have, not a sermon, the message I have for you this morning is that something big is coming. Hallelujah. Something big is coming. Thank you, Lord. Now, Father, I've prepared what you have given me for your people. And I trust that your people have prepared their hearts to receive. And so, Father, today... We, we ask you to speak from heaven. You may freely speak things I've not heard yet. Show me things I've not seen yet. Do things that we've never experienced yet. Lord, have your way in this place. Move. Let every heart be ready to receive. Every ear be ready to hear. Every eye be ready to see. Father, I ask you in the words of Elisha to open your people's eyes that they may see. See beyond this natural realm. See beyond this natural circumstance into another realm, a sphere of unlimited living. 
a place where you are designed to take your people beyond our natural comprehension. So let us get a glimpse of it this morning, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Something big is coming. There is, a, there is a desire and a longing right now that you're seeing for racial or gender equality. Um, but beyond that, beyond that, the cry of most people is not about racial equality. That's, that's what people say. Gender equality, that's what they say. What is at the root of it is financial equality. I didn't hear anybody. The truth about it is it's, it's very difficult. It's very difficult to gauge racial equality or gauge gender equality. In other words, how do you know when you have it? Really, really, uh, how do you know when you have it? So what the devil will do is have people shooting for something that they can't even measure. Aiming for something that you can't really mark. How, how do you know when you have it? Because the reality of it is, is that uh, there's so much hidden and covert discrimination against gender or against races or colors or against... Uh, nationalities, there's so much r hidden thing, you, you don't, you, you might think you have it and you don't have it. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? So the devil will have people so focused on something that they can't really measure so you don't even really know when you got it. And it's like putting greyhounds on a track chasing a rabbit. Or horses chasing a carrot. Because you, 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 never, you never really get it. It's, it's, it's not meant to be attained. And it will never be attained until Jesus comes. <laughs> it's starting out good this morning. The greater desire, the, the real... Uh, subsurface desire, which is much easier to gauge, is financial equity. Financial equality. It's easy to gauge financial equality. You can measure that. You can, because, because dollars, you can count. Possessions, you can quantify. And so, What's really at the heart of all these things is, is, is financial equality. Because what, <laughs> what people are, are chanting for right now, I'm trying to help you all this morning, is equal access. They say we want equal access. You know, this is what those civil rights march, what marches were, were for. Thank God for them not discrediting that, trust me. But this is what people all over the world are still marching for and protesting for all over the world is we want equal access. We want to go to the same schools. We want to be able to go to the same restaurants. We want to be able to go to the same hotels. We want the same water fountains. 
But equal access is not the same as equal ability. I need you to hear me this on this this morning. I'm going to take my time. Equal access is not the same as equal ability. In other words, if you look around, in most cases, if not many cases, there's already for us, when I say us, I mean us, everybody, human beings, equal access to goods and services. In other words, we have equal access to the internet. Anybody can get internet. There's no internet discrimination. <laughs> equal access to health care. Well, no, 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 there's equal access. There's equal access. Y'all are not going to I might have come down here. There's equal access <laughs> to dining. I remember here a couple weeks ago when, uh, as the protests have been happening here in St. Petersburg, very peaceful. St. Petersburg has been different from every city. But one of the leaders of the protests, uh, as they were marching down Beach Drive, you know, Beach Drive downtown, you got 400 Beach Drive and you have uh, uh, Park Shore and all these, the seats and all these fine dining down there. And they stopped in front of 400 Beach Drive and they were chanting, and then the leader said this. He said, in fact, I wrote it down. I went to the paper and got it. He said, we want to be as equal as you. He was talking to the diner sitting there at Point to Beach Drive. His words were, we want to be as equal as you. We want to eat with you. Okay. I'm not sure if he understands. We have equal access. But access does not constitute ability. Are you hearing me? So, thank God, we've got access already given to us. We don't need to be march about that no more. We don't need to be protesting about that. We don't need to be. We don't even need to ask God for that anymore. When I say we, I'm not talking about black folk. We're talking about we. See, because I'm, I'm talking about everybody. Everybody, I don't care if you're black, white, red, or yellow, or blue. Everybody I'm, I'm preaching to today in the body of Christ. So equal access is not the problem. It's equal ability. In other words, right now, if you decided you want to go and spend a weekend at the Ritz-Carlton, Sarasota, you have access. You can get online, make your reservation. They don't know what color you are, what gender you are, whether you're Christian, whether you're a heathen, whether you're straight, whether you're gay. They don't know any of that. So equal access is not the, not the issue. But it's do you have the ability when they ask you to submit your payment? Do you have the ability to pay? And that's what's separating people in the earth. Not access. It's ability. 
But the devil will have people shrinking down, fighting for access that you already have. <laughs> Time and energy wasted, Chris. And the issue is not access, it's ability. Are you hearing me? People <clears throat> in the earth are judged and categorized by possessions. Are you hearing me? Yet in Luke 12, 15, Jesus said to us, he said, take heed and beware of covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. Your life is not about what you possess. Yet in the earth, people are judged and categorized by what they possess. Oh, y'all hear me this morning. Now, I want to I help you with something here because I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to let you in on something. What has happened with, in this year, 2020, this year you never forget, one you want to circle on your calendar, on your, your life book, <laughs> etched in your heart, is that through the events surrounding COVID-19, and then through the events surrounding the social uh, injustice uh, protests and all those things that are going on with that exposure and so forth, is the devil has done a marvelous job in getting the church, I'm talking to the church, to drop down into the natural. Some of y'all look like you're mad already. In getting the church, Christians, to drop down into the natural. Natural thinking. I had somebody call me yesterday, just checking on you all right. I'm good. What's going on? Uh, I just heard, because we heard, there's three pastors in St. Pete. They're in the hospital with COVID-19. What do they got to do with me? Yeah, and they probably weren't in church anyhow. So uh, what, what does that have to do with me? Now, I understand. Thank you for care. You understand? I, thank you for caring and concern. But, you know, are you being careful? No. I'm casting my cares on Jesus. See, what I've understood is if I drop down to the natural, then I make myself susceptible to natural circumstances. And it's a trick of the enemy to get you to drop down to natural living, to get you to drop down to natural thinking, natural operations, and you, you're going to try to do things your own way by the natural wisdom that comes from men. I'll just say it. Uh, I was, we, we, were, we, were, we had we, 30 slabs of ribs and all that chicken that all these guys worked for, and I was amazed by how much we had left. Well, I found out what I said. We got a whole bunch of people that they don't eat no meat. Well, they got so much food left, meat left. They don't eat no meat. They don't eat no meat. Why don't they eat no meat? Oh, they vegetarian. Okay. Why? Why? Because somebody said, and what you've done is you've dropped yourself down to the natural. And what you've done, I'm going to just throw it out here, you've gotten smarter than God. 
See, when you get smarter than God, you drop to the natural. Because some expert said. When your Bible says that God made all meat to be received with thanksgiving. But I ain't going to eat no meat. Well, it's the same thing when you, when you trust in your, your mask. You trust in your vitamins. I'm not saying don't take, ma- don't take vitamins. I'm not saying don't wear masks. But when you put your trust in that, you've dropped down to a natural way of living. Now you're susceptible to what you're trying to avoid. Because you're going to be smarter than God. Y'all don't like that. Some of y'all over here. I'm going to mess with, I'm gonna mess with y'all, y'all veg, veggie eaters. Children of Israel lived on meat. God told Peter, rise up, slay, and eat. You don't slay no vegetables. Your problem isn't meat. Your problem is much. Is you eating too much? Not that you're eating meat. Is you're eating too much? Y'all, y'all just see what I'm. What I'm saying is, you drop down to the natural, and you miss the Bible, and and, and you get smarter than God. I don't believe that. Read, read 1 Timothy 4. Vegetarians, pescatarians, I'm going to just mess with y'all now. Cause y'all... All Jesus, Jesus ate fish. Jesus ate fish? That's all Jesus ate was fish? You mean a Jew who celebrated Passover? The feast? See, I'm only saying it because I got to help you because, see, this applies to everything in your life. And if you drop down to natural thinking, you're going to miss something big that's coming. You're going to miss something big. You're going to miss something big. Glory to God. I'm just telling you, if you got your ear to the ground, If you've got your finger in the wind of the spirit, you know something big is coming. And you cannot afford to drop to the natural. The big event, it's the big show. And watch this. Go back to 1 Corinthians 2. We read 9 and 10. Drop to verse 14. Because verse 14 tells me that the natural man, the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. For the spiritual things are foolishness to him, nor can he even know them because they are spiritually discerned. And the devil is getting people of God to drop down from spiritual discernment to natural learning. You go learn a little something. I learned, I learned a little something. I learned, learned a little something. And so you operate in the natural 
And the things of God do not function in the natural. They function on a spiritual level. I hear, no, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I got I to come back to the vegetarian, because I hear y'all. What about Daniel and the three Hebrew boys? The Daniel fast, they did, they did vegetables. That was for 10 days, and besides, they were in a Babylonian kingdom, and in the Babylonian kingdom, they ate meat sacrificed to idols. That's why they wouldn't eat it. Not because it was meat. These were Jews who ate meat all the time. But in a Babylonian kingdom, they even said, how can we sing Zion songs in a strange land? We can't partake of what they partake in. They were eating idolatry, eating from through idolatry. You're going to need that meat. You're going to need that protein to build your muscle. Just, I'm just messing with you because I'm dad and I can say it. If you don't like it, just you don't like it. But you got to know. You got to know. You got to know. You got to know. You can't live in the natural. The natural man does not receive the things of the spirit. Glory to God. I, 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 take, I take vitamins all the time. Great. I take vitamins too. To supplement what comes naturally in the food. <laughs> you can't trust in the natural. And you'll do it in these areas, you'll do it financially. You're going to follow a natural means and get caught up in the natural world and what they're doing and what they're saying and what looks like they're having and how it looks like they're getting along. And then you'd be mad with God because look at them. Which brings me to the gist of why I'm preaching this today. God speaks to me as a prophet through dreams. I very rarely, if I, there's only been once in my life I've heard the audible voice of God, just once. Many times he speaks to me as I'm fellowshipping with him, but through dreams he speaks loud and clear. So Monday night going into Tuesday, the Lord spoke to me. I, I had what I call a God dream, another God dream. In this dream, the Lord himself was sitting there with me, and he said something to me. So to the point, I jumped out of my sleep, grabbed my phone like I normally do, and I typed up what he wrote to me. And he never speaks long stuff. He never paragraphs. It's just one sentence, one phrase. So I want to give you what he said to me, and I want you to write this down. He said to me, this was Tuesday, June 30th. He said, do not be moved by the world. They can only dream of what I have for you. Close quote. Do not, and I want you to write this down and have it. Do not be moved by the world. 
they can only dream of what I have for you. That, that, that hit my spirit. Barbara, I mean, when I say like the Lord, and you know, you know, you, I don't know what he looks like, but it's like he was sitting next to me in a conversation. Well, I don't believe that. Well, ask, ask Solomon, does God come to you in a dream? Ask Abraham, does God come to you in a dream? Ask Jacob, does God come to you in a dream? Ask Peter, does God come to you in a dream? Oh, yes, he will. And I, I couldn't identify what it looked like because it didn't look like it was a person or a race or anything, just God sitting next to me. And he said, do not be moved by the world. They can only dream of what I have for you. Now, I could have taken it just for me. But I love you enough to let you in on it. <laughs> because I understood that what he asked for me is beyond me, it's all of us. And he's saying, this is my understanding of what he's saying in that phrase, was that we've been awed by the world for so long. Awed, A-W-E-D. Awed, in awe of the world so long looking at their cribs and their rides and their lifestyles and their Instagrams and their Facebook and all their stuff that they put up, their, their little YouTube videos, we're watching their stuff and wow, wow, and then we hear about how much money people have and the vacations they take and the things they do. And God said, do not be moved by the world. They can only dream. Y'all don't, don't trust me. I'll find somebody. I'll find somebody. They can only dream. What we have have access to, but they have ability. See, I ain't talking black and white. Get off that. I said, get off that. I'm done with that. This is a universal problem. What the world has ability, and we have only had access. God said about to flip the script. That what I have for you, they will only have access and no ability. Because they can only dream of what I have for you. I might take y'all 20 minutes, 20 days, 20 months, 20 years, some of y'all to get what I'm saying to you. But I've already prayed that the Lord will open your eyes. Open your eyes in the spirit. To not look at anybody's car, anybody's house, anybody's vacation, anybody's life, and be in awe of it, and be moved, and be wooed by it and start feeling some kind of way about, I've been serving God all this time, why I'm struggling so bad. You, you don't, listen, they're about to know struggle. And it doesn't matter to me because he didn't, he didn't make me understand that they're about to all of a sudden go broke. 
Because they don't have to go broke to dream of what we have. <laughs> now this is interesting, Deacon Robert, because that was June 30th, Tuesday. The next day, July 1st, in my feed comes this news alert about from, it comes from Bloomberg Billionaires Index that Jeff Bezos from Amazon, his net worth rose to $171.6 billion. Thank you, Pauline. Thank you, Pauline. Y'all, y'all missing, y'all missing what I'm saying to you. Don't forget what God had just told me the day before. The day before this came out, he told me, do not be moved by the world. They, including Jeff Bezos, can only dream of what I have for you. Oh, my. Some of y'all, you've been thinking so small for so long, you can't even feather what I'm saying to you. Lord, open their eyes that they may see. I'm trying to get you to understand something. God is about to do something. Something big is coming. Something so big is coming on this planet. Something so big is about to come into your life. And God is saying it's going to cause the world to look in awe. They'll only be able to dream about. You know how you sit there and dream about their lives? When the Bible says in Psalm 126, when the Lord turned the captivity of Zion. Put it on the screen, put it on the screen. Psalm 126, verse 1. Psalm 1, I might do the whole, the whole psalm, but put a start. When the Lord brought the captivity, in other words, but King James says, when the Lord turned the captivity. In other words, when God turned things around for Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our lives became the lives like the lives of those who dream. So what we've been looking at, mesmerized by, in awe of, dreaming about, God said, when I finish this whole thing here, they'll be the ones dreaming about having your life. Does anybody hear what I'm saying to you this morning? I know you're working 95. I know you're working, making an hourly paycheck. I know you're barely getting along. I know you got make week to week. And so I know, but forget all that. He says they're going to be dreaming about what I have for you. Is there anybody ready to go up? Is there anybody ready to go to another level? Is there anybody ready to rise higher? If not, you got to go and get your dreamer up. You got to go and start getting your thinker up on another level. Glory to God. Some of you, you can't even see past your job. I'm talking about a job. You 
you can't see past what your degree can get you. I ain't talking about that. Some of you can't see past the limitations of your own mind, by your own skin color, by your own gender. You can't see past that. I'm telling you, blow past that. I ain't talking to black folk. I'm talking to children of God. That they're going to only be able to dream. Of what I have for you. And the next day, 171.6 B. Do you know you know what 176.1 B is, right? Y'all know a billion. You know, you know it takes a thousand thousand to get a million. I wish I had one thousand. It takes a thousand of those thousands to get one million. Take a thousand million to get to a billion. Sure wish I had a million. I dream about being a millionaire. Some of y'all go scratch off a little lottery ticket. Some of y'all do every publisher's clearinghouse thing that come through your house. You just one day the little van gonna visit my house. Five thousand dollars a week. You know five thousand dollars a week ain't no money. So boy, I'm, I'm messing with somebody here. Y'all like, shoot. <laughs> That's 260000 a year. 260. That's just 260 a year. And some of y'all are like, that. oh my God. Do you know there are basketball players who, when they start back on July 31st in Orlando, if they, if they do play, they'll make that in one half of one game? whether they play the whole 24 minutes or not of that half. It's only 24 minutes and a half. Whether they play the whole half or not, they're going to make. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying to you? And what the devil has done strategically is to get us moved by that stuff. He flaunts their stuff. He makes sure everybody knows what they have and what they do. And God said to me, I'll throw it out one more time for you. Do not be moved by the world. They can only dream what I have for you. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9 and 10. This is only Tuesday, so I'm, st I'm still trying to really formulate in my mind, Laquanda. God, what, what, what do you have? Especially the next day when Bezos comes out at 171B. You mean he'll have to just dream? Some of y'all dream about getting into a store and getting a purse or getting a hat or getting a belt or getting a shoe. Or I understand. Come up. That's, that's fine. Work your way up. But that's still natural. I'm not talking about natural things here. That's why I'm telling you it's been so dangerous in these first six months of this year 
what the devil has done to the body of Christ to pull people down into a natural level because he knows, he knows 1 Corinthians 2.14 that the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God nor can he know them for they are spiritually discerned. So when something big is coming and you're thinking natural, you're thinking about getting a raise on your job. You think about hoping that they're putting another, another little stimulus check out before the end of the year. I'm hoping they extend the, the extra uh, uh, unemployment. That's, that's what you're thinking. Why? Because you dropped down to the natural. Yeah. I, Pastor, how you don't drop the natural? Because you're angry. Because you're angry. You're angry about everything. Everything you see, you get angry. Angry, angry about everything you see. Somebody, somebody do something. You see something on YouTube. See something on Instagram. You just get angry. You're angry. You're natural. Every little thing somebody does, does says sets you off. You're just angry. You're natural. Nervous about every little thing you see around there. Oh boy, boy, oh boy, oh the numbers went up, the numbers went up, the numbers went up, the numbers went up. I thought, I thought we were in the clear. The numbers went up, the numbers went up. You're natural. And God can't do anything with natural people. He needs us to be spiritual. Because the things of the Spirit of God, according to 1 Corinthians 2.14, they are spiritually discerned. So you can't even sense it in the natural. In the natural, you mad because you're saying things are getting worse. Things are getting worse. Things are getting worse. And you speak out of your mouth now. Things are getting worse. Things are getting worse. It's getting harder right here for a black man. You're, you're, you're natural thinking now. Oh, Jesus. I'm, I, bet, I probably should just quit right now. See, the devil has you so focused on this natural world. It's a distraction from the spirit. And you've lost your sensitivity. Because although it is true the devil's doing all kind of things, it is more true that God is still moving. God did not go on vacation for 2020. God is not off on, on Uranus somewhere, Pluto somewhere, chilling out, just waiting for 2020 to be over because then he can get moving. No, he is moving at the same, at the same time. He's moving at the speed of, a speed of light and the speed of sound in the earth. And if you're not spiritual, you're going to miss what God is doing. Pastor Kilt, you mentioned it in Isaiah 60 about how he says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Deep darkness shall cover the people. Gross darkness the people, right? But the glory shall rise on you. And he'll, the devil will have you so consumed by the darkness, you're missing the light of the glory of God moving in the earth. Uh, uh, uh. 
You raging like a heathen. Why do the heathen rage? Here you are as Christians raging. You raging. Why do the heathen rage? Why do the heathen plot vain things? Here you are acting like a heathen. show up quiet here. But I, 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 I'm, I'm inclined to tell you that something big is coming and God does not want you to miss it. He doesn't want you to miss it. And you're going you're gonna to miss it if you're, if you're stuck natural. Better open the Bible again. First Corinthians two verse nine. I know a minute. Are you in First Corinthians two? Look at verse six. Look at verse four. And my speech and my preach were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, But in demonstration of the spirit and power, why? So you wouldn't be looking at the natural. So you wouldn't sink down to a natural level, a natural way of thinking. When the Bible tells us in Romans 12, 2, be not conformed to the world. That means don't be, don't be operating in the world's way of thinking, but be transformed, in other words, in the spiritual, by the renewing of your mind, a mind that is not set on things of this earth, but a mind that's set on things of the Spirit of God. What y'all want, a 4th of July message? Okay, I'm just checking, I'm just checking. So you've got to make sure you're not Conform to this world's way of thinking. And the world, I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, it's like a vacuum. It's like, it's like quicksand trying to trap you and suck you and I down, you and me down into this low-level thinking here. Everything natural. You're not natural. You're spiritual. You're spiritual. You are a spirit. You live in a natural body. You only need this body to function on this planet. But your body is not who you are. And so God, the Bible says deep calls are deep. So God has a deal with you spiritually, spirit to spirit. And when he speaks, he, he's not even regarding your natural things. Well, you mean God don't care nothing about me getting sick? No. Because if you let him deal with your spirit and you live from the inside out, your spirit is designed to sustain you in sickness. Your spirit is designed, your, oh my God, your spirit is a receiver and a transmitter all in one. You are designed to commune with God 24-7 to receive all your instruction, to receive all your data, 
to receive all your power, spirit to spirit. Every day. Every day. So you can function the things of God. And the devil, what he wants to do, he keeps doing it, is he'll suck you right out. Are you in verse 4? All right, verse 5. That your, your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in what? So your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Now, what I'm talking about, the big thing that's coming is going to come by the power of God. Got it? Verse 6. However, watch this. We speak wisdom among those who are mature. So you got to be mature, ladies and gentlemen. Take a time. Give, give me that same verse amplified. Give me verse 6 amplified. Let's see what it says here. Oh, my goodness. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 6 in the amplified. Thank you, Lord. You got it? Somebody amplified Bible. 1 Corinthians 2, 6. Yet, when we are among full-grown, spiritually mature Christians, tell your neighbor, grow up. Who are ripe in understanding. Everything you do in, in this world, you do it by spiritual understanding. You're immature. The Bible says when you're immature, you're tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. That's what's so dangerous about somebody shutting their church down. Because when you shut your church down, whereas you were the primary feeder, now people are at the, at the internet church food court. And they'll get a little bit here and a little bit there. And you, you, ever, you ever walk through the food court at the mall and people had a little plate? You want to try? You want to try? And, and you, you sample this. And you sample, uh, some of y'all go to Sam's Club and they have little samples everywhere. And you get full and you've never got anything complete. So when the church is shut down, now people are at home sampling. They'll watch five minutes of yours and five minutes of yours and ten minutes of yours. Oh, that's all. Look how he dressed. And they're going to watch 20 minutes of that. Oh, that. He says something good right there. And I, and I get, they're just sampling, a little dabble, a little dabble, dabble. And now the people in the church at home, they're sick. In the, I'm talking about spiritually sick. And throwing up spiritually. So you can't afford not to be spiritually mature. Watch this. Yet when we are among full-grown spiritually mature Christians who are ripe in understanding, we do impart a higher wisdom. Keep Come on, come on. Higher wisdom. The knowledge of the divine plan previously hidden. Now don't forget that. Knowledge of the divine plan previously hidden. So God has a plan. That was previously hidden. That means all along from Jump Street, God has had a plan. 
But it is indeed not a wisdom of this present age or of this world, nor of the leaders and rulers of this age, watch this, who are being brought to nothing and are doomed to pass away. Your new King James, your King James says, says something like, the, the rulers of this age are coming to nothing. Did you catch that? Now, you're looking at the people there, the bosses now. They're, they're, they're the ballers now. They're the rulers of this age. And he says they are coming to nothing. And the mistake that Christians have been making is looking to the rulers of this age in awe and trying to hobnob and and rub shoulders and, and, and get along with and, and connect with and network with. Because they see that as their only way of coming up. The problem is you're connected with somebody who's coming down. Y'all miss it on that side. You're connecting with someone who's coming down. Your Bible says they're coming to nothing. And the enemy makes us think we have to connect with them to get ahead. So I need them to produce my music. I need them to record on my album. I need them to make my movies. I need them. No, you don't need them. You need him. Because they are coming to nothing. He will never fail. But I'm preaching better than half y'all are letting on here. So he says they're coming to another and are doomed to pass away. Verse 7, but we speak the wisdom of, the, of God and the mystery, the hidden wisdom, wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Are y'all seeing these words here? The plan, the hidden wisdom ordained for our glory, not for his glory. Y'all missed that. Ordained for our glory. Oh, we know God has his glory, but he said this plan is ordained for our glory. Our glory? There's something God's going to do that's going to cause us to be glorious? What? Watch verse 8. Which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. In other words, they didn't know that when they crucified him, they were pushing the start button, the activation button on the glory for the people of God. So when Christ was crucified, they put the plan into action, into motion. They thought they were getting rid of Jesus. They didn't realize they were about to multiply Jesus. The devil thought he was getting rid of Jesus Christ and that would leave him in total control of this planet forever. He didn't know that when he did that, he was creating a multiplicity of people who would operate and function at a level. I mean, spiritually mature people who will operate and function at a level that will make him and all his cronies dream. Do not be moved by the world, they can only dream of what I have for you. Oh, my, my, my. 
So when Jesus Christ was crucified, God's preordained plan, remember we read that in verse 7, his ordained plan was put into full effect. Y'all got it? Are y'all mature today? Come on, speak for yourself. Are you mature today? Then hopefully you can handle this here. So what, what was the plan that was for our glory? Okay, now let's, let's go back and look at the plan. Go to Proverbs 13, beginning at verse 18. Hallelujah. Some of y'all, this is going to be so familiar to you when you hear it. You don't say, oh, I know that, but I want you to see this as a plan, not just as a proverb. We see, we look at Proverbs, oh, look at that. Oh, that's nice to live by every day. There's a plan in it. Proverbs uh, 13 and verse 18. Let me get there. Poverty and shame will come to him who disdains correction. Now, how many of y'all know you? We read every month, you're like, okay, I'll make sure I don't disdain correction. And that is true. This applies to you and your daily life, but I want you to see the plan. This is bigger than you. This is a principle God has set up, a spiritual law God has set up that's part of the plan, Elder Jeff. Poverty and shame will come to him, or we could say all those who disdain or they hate correction. Now, that's the world. When we preach correction to the world, they hate it. All their systems hate it. All their rulers hate the correction. And the Bible said poverty and shame will come to them. But he who regards a rebuke, is that you? Will be honored. So poverty and shame means coming down. Honored means coming up. Verse 19, a desire accomplished is sweet to the soul. But it is an abomination to fools to depart from evil. Now, in verse 18, we're preaching, bringing correction. But verse 19 says they can't even think of it. It's an abomination. It's, it's foolishness for them to leave from evil. Y'all getting this? Verse 20, he who walks with the wise, with wise men, what? But the companion of fools will what? Y'all see this is part of the plan now, right? I want you to think bigger than your everyday Proverbs life. Verse 21, evil pursues sinners. Trouble pursues sinners. But to the righteous, come on. So there's a, there's a payback coming. Everything that the devil stole from the Garden of Eden. To us, good shall be repaid. Now, I know y'all know these verses that you think about your little daily life, but I want you to see God's big plan. Verse 22, it continues. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner... Why? They're being pursued by evil. They're, they're, it's, it's an abomination for them to depart from evil. Are you seeing this all together now? 
Oh, my God. But the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. So, the big thing that's coming has been prophesied in the Proverbs. Look at Ecclesiastes 2.26. Oh, Jesus. My goodness. I'm just going to believe God, Elder Baker. I'm just going to believe God. Because it may not be everybody. But I'm going to be one of them. And I won't be the only one. Come on, anybody here with me? For God gives wisdom, verse 26 of Ecclesiastes 2, and knowledge and joy to a man who is good in his sight. But to the sinner he gives the work of gathering and collecting that he may give to him who is good before God. This also is vanity and grasping for the wind. So the sinner has the job of gathering, collecting, heaping up, storing up. So that God can then take it and give it to those who are good in his sight. Y'all got this? 2 Corinthians chapter 8. How many scriptures did Dr. Winston have this morning, Pastor? Dr. Winston had 24 scriptures this morning, so we're still good. I like to watch Dr. Winston on Sunday morning. His live service, his 7 o'clock service. 2 Corinthians. Hallelujah. Chapter 8. Now you know this. Verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became what? That you through his what? Might become So that was the plan. Now, when did he do this? Huh? On the cross. But had the rulers of this age known that, they wouldn't have crucified him. They didn't realize that they were sealing their own doom and opening the way for us to live a dream life. Y'all with me on this? All right, now go back to 1 Corinthians 2. I got a few more minutes here. 1 Corinthians 2. Verse 9. We know this verse. People have heard this verse and preached this verse and sang this verse for years. I want you to hear this here. It says, but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Okay. Now, me, Pastor Joshua, reading that for many years, I took it not as it said, but as I, as I could understand it. I understood it as church eyes haven't seen, Christian ears haven't heard, 
It has an into the heart of Christian men. What God has prepared for those who love him. In other words, God has more for us than we've seen. He has more for us than we've heard. He has more for us than we've imagined. But if you analyze it, very, very simply, it's just, it doesn't say that. It said, I, with no Christian caveat, has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man. Y'all not catching it. Now, you got you to catch this here. What you and I dream or imagine, other people already see it, hear it, and imagine it. Sometimes I'm in awe, Brother Dwight, when I look at these buildings that go up. And I say, wow, who was that man or woman who conceived that? They, they conceived the idea. They could see a stadium that big. They, they could see. Oh, you understand what I'm saying? They, 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 they can see a, 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 an apartment or a condo a complex. They can see a, a hotel that grand. They, they, they conceive the idea. And I would say, you know, I don't know many Christians that think like that. I, I've not met many Christians who think on that level. Y'all ain't saying much because you, you, you probably feel like me. You, I don't know what you're thinking about. You know, you ask, you ask a, a Christian about what kind of house, you know, you want to build a house? Yeah, I'm going to build a house. I'll build, you know, a three-bedroom or somebody might, you know, be five-bedroom or whatever. We think, wow, that's good. But you, you, ask, you ask somebody in the world, you know, uh, one of these people can really see, you know, what they're thinking about. I mean, they're, they're imagining 50,000 square feet. Now, I'm not talking about houses, but I'm just trying to get you to understand the difference. And we'll walk in a place like that like, golly, I wonder how much the water bill is in a house like that. Natural. They're not thinking about no water bill. Are you, are you following what I'm saying to you? And so, Laquan, when I go back and read this, though, he, he didn't say heart of Christian men or Christianizing ears. This is man, period. So then it means that whatever man has imagined, Whatever man has seen, whatever man has heard, he says it has not entered into man's heart yet. Y'all missing it. Y'all are missing this. Y'all missing this. I, I pray, Lord, give, just give y'all a dream. Just give y'all the same dream he gave me. Let, I pray you just let, let him talk to your heart the same way he talked to my heart. Because I feel like I'm stretching you way past uh, your elasticity. Just, just. I'm trying to get you to see we, 
we've been thinking and talking so small, so little for so long. And this year has had us now sucked down. We were making movement. And this year has served to suck Christians back down into natural. natural minds are missing it. Because these natural minds that we have are still in awe. I remember 10 years ago, my wife and I were in Las Vegas on vacation. We were celebrating our 10th wedding anniversary. We're walking down the strip. And we're in front, I, I thought it was a Bellagio, one of those hotels, Caesar's Palace, one of those. Wherever the, the, the water fountain things, the, I think it's a Bellagio. And I'm standing in front of that, and the Lord speaks to me. And he asked me, can you have a billion dollar vision? vision. What? At that time, 10 years ago, I'm saying, no way. What would, what would I do with a billion dollars? God, what would I do with a billion? Uh, he wasn't talking about for me, billion dollars, I'm going to go buy a house and a car. I'm talking a billion dollar vision, 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 vision to do something, to do something big in this earth. He asked me, could I have a billion dollar vision? At that time, I'm in debt personally. We're in debt as a church. We don't have any money. I don't even know how we on vacation. So I'm thinking so small, and I don't even know how we going, how, how I can have a billion dollar vision? Not 10 years ago. And it wasn't a matter of three years later, I look up and here is, here is Jerry Jones from the Dallas Cowboys builds the new Dallas Cowboys stadium and spends a billion dollars. I heard, oh, a billion? He spent a billion dollars? Spent a billion dollars to build a stadium for entertainment? I, would, I mean, Chris, I was like, what, a billion dollars? Now every stadium they build is a billion dollars, a billion and a half dollars. I'm saying, Lord, what, what in the world? And here's what you got to catch. These things have entered their hearts. What's, the, what's that the, in Las Vegas, the new stadium? $1.84 billion. <laughs> These things their eyes have seen. These things their ears have heard. These things have entered into their hearts. And yet the Bible says, I, no eye, has seen. No ear, we could say, has heard. It hasn't entered into the heart of any man, not any man, not, not, not Bill Gates, not, not Jeff Bezos, not Warren Buffett, not Jerry Jones, not any of these people. It's 
not, not, not the Shah of Iran, not anybody. It has not entered into any of their hearts the things God has prepared for those who love him. If you are a lover of God, God is saying, I need you to see something. I need you to not be moved by the world. Because they'll only be able to dream. They can only dream. They can only dream. They can only dream. So in other words, it will enter their hearts, but it will be out of their reach. It will enter their hearts, but it will be out of their reach. Do I have any believers in here who love God? I'm telling you, something so big is about to come on this planet. That's why the devil is shaking and stirring and flaunting himself and moving all around and got everybody mixed up and angry and distrustful and offended and all messed up because he knows something big. He knows these prophecies. He knows these words. And he knows what God spoke to me in a dream. Because I wasn't the first one. Wasn't the first one. And if you've been in tune with God, he's told you something. If you've been in tune with God, he's told you something that probably scared you. I wish I had one witness at least. <laughs> He's shown you a building you couldn't afford. He's shown you a vision that you, you don't know how in the world you get the money to run the vision. He's shown you you doing something so great that you, in your mind, if you got support from all your family and all your friends, you can function in it. I was so blessed this morning, I showed my wife a, a picture. I, I received some pictures this morning from Zambia. From our World Missions Week that we, we, we sent money over there, and they, they sent pictures of them feeding all these hundreds of little kids, these little babies, and I was just so blessed. Our, they had, they had our, our name up there. They had, because uh, our church used to be called Souls Harvest Fellowship. So they're still legally under that name in, in Zambia. All our churches over there. So they had Souls Harvest Fellowship Church in conjunction with Exceeding Grace Christian Center feeding program. The big old banner they had up there. And all these hundreds of little kids, these babies, these grown people feeding. How can we do that more? Because for, for every one of them, there's a hundred. And God is saying, I want to take you past a good stake. You think doing it big is you eating a good steak. God is saying, I'm ready to take you past a good steak. I want to take you past the point where you can give a steak to a hundred people on any given day and a thousand little kids and they can get meat and potatoes and rice and gravy and eat whatever they want and put them in school and let them, let them have good clothes. 
Oh my God. And when you talk, you listen to people like the Bill Gates. They are the dream of this kind of stuff. They do it. They say, you know, we're going to give humanitarian efforts, humanitarian efforts, and we're not going to wait on the government to approve the budget to do something. No, we're, we got the money. We got the money. We're going to go and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna totally redo Lelman School. Isn't that where, where you work, Brother Barry Lelman? Bill Gates, Melinda Gates, they funded that. Winning souls for their kingdom. You gotta, you gotta hear what I'm saying to you, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my goodness. But he said, they can only dream of what I have for you. Can you see yourself? Can you see yourself building a complex where people who've been hurt or abused or battered or broken or well you put them in a place that you would live in. In a place where you would live in and not be ashamed. I'm trying to get you to see, ladies and gentlemen, God is about to do something big. And He does it. Give me 1 Corinthians 3. 10. First Corinthians 3.10. No, I'm sorry. Ephesians 3.10. Ephesians 3.10. Ephesians 3.10. Glory to God. To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. So God wants to do something, Brother James, so extraordinary through the church that it will make the world stand in awe. He's going to make his wisdom known by the church. Now, a poor man's wisdom will not be heard. So for God to make his manifold wisdom known by the church, he cannot let the church remain a poor group and a bunch of poor people who are going to church because they don't know any better anything better to do. Because that, that's what the world thinks. The world sees a church as people just go to church because they're just gullible and they just, you know, they just don't know anything and, you know, whatever. They, they, need, they need a crutch. They don't see the church as kings and priests. 
unto our God who rule and reign in the earth, who have money and can rule. But something big is coming. And God is about to shake this whole thing up. I don't know if you realize that things are already being shaken up. Things are already being stirred up. And he's looking for somebody who's just going to get in position, loyal enough, love him enough to not let money move you. To not let money move you. That's why I said, don't be moved by the world. Let me tell you a couple more things before I go real quick. First Corinthians 9, 2 verse 9. Give me the passing translation, please, on this verse. First Corinthians 2 verse 9. This is why the scriptures say, things never discovered or heard of before, things beyond our ability to imagine, these are the many things God has in store for all his lovers. No, no. He says, he says, things never discovered or heard before. So there are some things, Elder Baker, that have not been discovered yet. That he's waiting to reveal to somebody. There's a man in Tanzania about two weeks ago in Tanzania who was digging, just a private little guy, doesn't have a company, just a little private miner. He dug up two big rocks of Tanzanite. Instantly, three and a half million dollars. U.S. He's a man, how many kids? He have 30 kids? <laughs> this is in Africa. I think, I think he had, what, three wives, something like that? Three, three four wives. So, but this is, this is like two weeks ago. So here he is struggling. Three or four wives, 30 kids. And he's just out digging. Oscar, come on, man. Just out digging. Just, just doing what he's doing. He's a minor in my N.E.R., and he doesn't, know, he doesn't know he's looking for something, but he doesn't know when that day is. You normally get a little, a little piece here and a little piece there, and you, you know, just enough to feed the family, you know, just going to get by. But all of a sudden, doop, doop, doop. He dug up these two large stones, three and a half million U.S. In other words, that's how quick it can happen, Robert. Just keep doing what you've been doing. Just keep going the way you've been going. If you're going with God, just keep on working. Just keep on moving. Just keep on acting. Just keep on flowing. Just stay in motion because it'll be one day. And overnight. And you know what he says he's going to do? What you going to do? Well, verse I'm going to do, we're going to kill one of my cows, and, and we're going to have a big party. He said then, he said, I'm going to build a school. 
Y'all, boy, y'all better catch it. He said, I'm going to build a school. school. He said, a school and a shopping mall. Three and a half million? Yeah, he's in Tanzania. Yeah, you can do it. He didn't know that that day. He didn't know it was that day. So things beyond your imagination, things that you've not, that have not been discovered. Isaiah 45 verse 3. Isaiah 45 verse 3 says, I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places. That means that there are some things that have not been discovered yet. Whether it's inventions, innovations, ideas, or actual particles, or minerals, or something in the earth, something in your, you, you don't know what's in your backyard. <laughs> Y'all ain't saying much to me. You don't know what's in your backyard. You don't know what might be in the attic that was left by the person three generations ago who was in that house that you moved in. Y'all ain't saying much to me, man. We can quit. Y'all, y'all ain't, y'all, y'all, y'all don't understand, man. God said, don't be moved by the world. They can only dream of what I have for you. That was the word of the Lord. This is not Pastor John making this up, trying to get you going. This is the word of the Lord. Just as sure as been a flower. Put Ephesians 3.8 amplified on the screen. Ephesians 3.8 amplified. Paul says, to me, though I'm very least of all the saints, God's consecrated people, this grace, favor, privilege is granted to me granted and graciously entrusted, keep going, to me, though uh, to proclaim to the Gentiles the unending, boundless, fathomless, incalculable, and exhaustless riches of Christ, wealth which no human being could have searched out, keep going, could have searched out. Is that that end of the verse? With no human being could have searched out. So this wealth God's talking about, has not, it can't be searched out by men. That's why it'll be something that they can only dream about. Because they can't search and find it. They, they don't have access to it. Because it comes from a hidden wisdom. Hidden before the ages for our glory. So I, I wish I could Spell out to you exactly what this is going to look like. I'm going to stop now because y'all already had enough. I may finish it Wednesday night. I wish I could spell out to you what it's going to look like to you. But I don't know that. It has to be revealed by the Spirit of God to every one of us. But what they're, they're, the thoughts that are already in your heart, 
have already given you a glimpse of what it's going to look like. In other words, there, there are things that you've already worked on before. Ideas you've already had. Things you want to do. And listen to me, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to enjoy your life, but it's going to be more than just you. You, you got to catch what I'm saying. You got to catch what I'm saying. You're going to enjoy life more than you ever dreamed, but it's going to be about more than just you. Do you know why in 224 years God has blessed America so much? It's because America has been a distribution center for the world. Y'all better get over being black right now. Just, I, I understand being black. I understand. I'm, be black and be proud, whatever you want to do. But I'm talking about get over your little anger. You better get over that stuff because you got to understand why America is so blessed. America has been the feeder for the world. We were watching uh, these in, in Africa, some of these nations, how they, they send aid. It's, it's world aid, but America carries the mass majority of the budget for all the aid that goes over the world. It's a combined aid, but America carries the biggest part of the budget. So we feed nations. Was that who it was behind us? Saudi Arabia. Yeah, behind us was Saudi Arabia by a long shot. I mean, not France, not Italy, not UK, not Canada. Little old, little old tiny Saudi Arabia was behind us. We feed America. We send the God, we feed the world rather, and we send the gospel all over the world. It's been it's been the US. So God bless America. And God's heart then is he's looking for people who will allow him to flow through them. And do great exploits for the kingdom of God. I mean, more than just you get a new wig and a new, a new shoe and, you know, a new car and all these things that we think about. Wonderful, wonderful. Wonderful, 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 wonderful. God will supply your needs and give you desires of your heart. Yes, yes. But the vision, the dream life is going to come out of you and me doing the work of the kingdom of God in the earth. Well, what do I do, Pastor? You start digging. That means you start right now where you are. What can I do now with what I have now? Let me cast my bread upon the water now. Let me give a servant a seven or an eight right now. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, right? And then God's going to bring something big. Any day now. Well, you know, you'll be doing something so big that you'll be like, I never, I never, wow, I couldn't see, but thank you, Lord. I'm feeding nations. 
And it, some of you, may not, it may not be in foreign nations. It may, may be right here in America. <laughs> but you become a distribution center for the kingdom of God. Stand to your feet. All the adults in here. However tall you are right now, that's it. That's it. That's it. You know why? Because that's natural. And naturally, you have limits, limitations. But in the spirit, there are no limitations. I'm saying it to say, to get you to understand why the devil is working so diligently to get us Operating, thinking, functioning on a natural level. Because he knows that when you get thinking the natural, living the natural, you put a limit back on your own life. Unconsciously, limiting yourself based on your education, by your color, by your gender, by your neighborhood, by your family tree, by your, geog your geographical location, by your age, economic status. Subconsciously, or unconsciously rather, you do that. You don't intend to do that, but that's what you do. So he wants to force us to tout our labels, to magnify our labels. I understand being black, Mike included. <laughs> understand that. I make no apologies for that. But subconsciously, you begin to put or allow the limitations that have been set to dictate to you. Stand if you're a woman. Proud to be a woman, whatever you are, you know what I'm saying? Girl power and all that kind of stuff. But I'm just telling you, those labels... What's the ones about the silver foxes? You know, you the silver hair club. You know, the, the, the seniors, you know, the golden oldies, all this kind of stuff that people do 
these labels. These labels that make it look like it's okay for you to now just back it up, wind it down now. I can just retire now. I'm just, I've hit that place now. I can just cruise control. And I, I heard, heard Dr. Winston say that this morning. He said, you know, in the Hebrew language, there's no word for retirement. Because in, in Jewish life, it doesn't exist. You keep producing. But when those labels are put on us, or we put those labels on ourselves, and think in the natural, we've just put a limitation on ourselves. Are you following me? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Where God's taking us, where we're going, there's no natural label and no natural limit. Amen? Amen. Now, Father, I've shared what you gave me and what you spoke to me in the night watches. You told me what, whatever you speak in the night watch, whatever you speak in the dark, to speak in the light. So I've spoken in the light that which I heard in the dark. And Lord, we don't know all you have planned, all you have in store, but we know that it's going to be so big and so much, so <laughs> even far-fetched that the world won't be able to dream about it. Whereas we've been dreaming about their lives, dreaming about what they have and what they're doing, allowing them even to outdream us, to outconceive us. No more, Lord. No more, Lord. I pray this morning, this afternoon, for every one of these, your precious people, that, Lord, you help. Yeah, you said in your word that it's you that works in us both to will and to do of your good pleasure. God, I'm asking you to do that work, help do that work in us, to will, to will, to will, just to have the will, to will, to have the want to, to have the, the ability to think of something that's your good pleasure, to think on a higher level, on a higher plane, in a higher dimension, oh God. To not allow this natural mind to dictate us, dictate to us how we live and how we think. To not allow this natural world to suck us down and suck us in, oh God. No, 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 you need us to come up, come up higher, to come up higher. If you said, Father, your word, that our ways are not your ways and our thoughts are not your thoughts. You said to, for us to forsake our ways, to forsake our thoughts. So God, we come up to your level of thinking. Come up to how you operate. God, we operate to the point, to the, in the place where, where we can just speak things and they begin to manifest. That we call things that be not as though they were. In the name of Jesus Christ, we become creators in this earth, oh God, because you are the creator, God. Help us to do that, Lord. Work in us to will and to do your good pleasure. Hallelujah. Father, I pray 
that every one of these your precious people, I'm asking you to give every one of us dreams in the midnight hour. While we're even asleep and can't, can't control how we think. So that we don't shut down the image you're putting in front of us. So that we don't shut down and call too big what you're trying to show us. Hallelujah. It's like you let a deep sleep come on Abraham for you to show him some things. God, we even ask you that while we sleep, let us go into a deep sleep. If that's what it takes, like you had to let Peter see a vision while he was in a trance so you could speak to him and change even the thoughts of his heart. God, I'm asking you for these, your precious people, that, Lord, you would show us greater, greater, greater than we've ever imagined, than we've ever seen, than we've ever heard. Because you said in your word, not only about things that have not entered into our hearts and things we've not seen, things we've not heard, but the next verse says, but you have revealed them to us by your spirit. So, Father, I'm asking you to reveal to us by your spirit the great things that are coming so that you can use us to minister to this whole world, to get things wrapped up in time for Jesus Christ to come back and receive us unto himself. Thank you for it. We give you praise for it now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Put those hands together today if you receive the word of God in this place.